From the STEM Global Action Studios in New Orleans, this is the Let's Talk STEM with SGA's Dr. Calvin Mackey podcast. STEM Global Action is a national leader in creating STEM-based learning activities and delivering them virtually and in communities around the globe to students grades K through 12. Here's today's moderator, Ken Sane. Hi, this is Ken Sane of STEM Global Action. This is the first of what we know will be an ongoing informative conversation about STEM education and careers, and we'll highlight some of the key leaders in the field. For the next few minutes, we will speak with an amazing woman who is a prime example of how young people can use their education and skills in STEM to obtain a career and tackle the complex challenges we face in our community. These skills are and will continue to be the tools necessary to solve the challenges of today as well as tomorrow. Now let me get right into it and introduce our host and leader, Dr. Calvin Mackey, the president and CEO of STEM NOLA. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Ken. Thank you for thank you for having me. It's an opportunity. It's a great opportunity to be here, and I look forward to an ongoing uh, dialogue about STEM education and careers. Very good. And also, our guest today, Dr. Trivia Frazier, President and CEO of Ogotala Sciences. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Ken. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Time is of the essence. So I'm going to jump right in. Dr. Frazier, tell us how you came to love science and when did you know you could have a career in science? I fell in love with science uh, before I realized what science is, I think. Um, So, you know, from a little girl, I think being inquisitive um, about how things work. I didn't realize then that I would that would be the start of, of, you know, say say, taking this road, this path. Um, And I revisited that thought, that feeling when I was in high school and I had a physics class with, you know, what was my first black female uh, science teacher, Miss Marquez. She doesn't probably even remember, but she left a major impact on me. She made an impact on me. Um, That was the time, the moment that I fell in love with physics and decided to pursue it. Uh, really as an undergraduate. Uh, so, you know, I think that stands out as the moment for me. Tell us about Obatala Sciences. What does the name Obatala mean and what is its significance? Obatala Sciences, I'm super proud of this. We, we were thinking of, you know, what is a good way to not only connect uh, Obatala and our mission to the science, but connect it to what is sort of a part of me and a part of us as a founding team. Um, so I am Nigerian and uh, in Nigeria and the West African part of the world, uh, the, there is a thought and is a belief, really um, a culture. The Yoruban culture uh, believes that there was uh, an Orisha, an African deity called Obatala or Obatala that was tasked with forming the human body. And Obatala used naturally occurring materials, clay and mud. And so what we're doing is we're using naturally occurring biological materials that are sourced from the human to mimic tissues of the human body. And so we brought it back to the West African deity, you know, not going the traditional route of of either Egyptian gods or naming the company after the science itself, 
Um, but that connection, that true connection with, you know, what I stand for, my history and the company's mission. Let's have Calvin ask the next question. So, uh, Dr. Frazier, uh, congratulations on all of your achievements, because what you have done has been absolutely amazing. And your voice needs to be amplified for other young girls and ladies to to hear. Uh, how important is it that young people of color and especially young ladies understand the benefits of STEM education? Thank you for that awesome question. It is of paramount importance for us to invest in our youth. Um, and, and, you know, for me being a black female in, a, in really an area that is not traditionally seen as a, uh, an area for black women to enter into entrepreneurship in STEM, I think it is crucial for us to not only invest in the exposure, uh, so having our, our, our black and brown girls uh, and really our black and brown, our, our youth to have exposure to what it means to be an entrepreneur, but also what it means to pursue your likes, your interests within STEM. Um, but also after you know, taking the time to, to bring that exposure, actually investing in making those, those opportunities available to them. Um, and that's the way that we can change the landscape. That's the way that we can change the, the dynamic right now with the number of underrepresented, you know, African-Americans, black and brown students that have matriculated through the pipeline. I like the story that you talked about, about how you, how you came to like science, because that's, that's, that's usually the story. I mean, my dad was a roofer and I always wanted to impress my dad. So I was always using a ham and a saw and I, I got to the point where I knew I liked to make stuff, right? So uh, one time I went to California as a nine-year-old, my uncle bought me an erector set and I built a little car that went across the floor. And he said, boy, you're gonna be an engineer. That was the first time I heard the word engineer, but it attached a career to me doing something. And you know, uh, that's why we started STEM NOLA, right? We founded STEM NOLA to expose and inspire and engage young people and allow them to meet people like yourself and do something so they can make that connection. So exposure is very important. So for the audience, what is biotechnology? Why is it important? What role does it play in our life? Yes, absolutely great question. Biotechnology is typically used as an umbrella term. Um, the combination of, and taking it back to my roots as a biomedical engineer, uh, the combination of biology, chemistry, and engineering principles. Um, what we've found by launching and investing our energy into interdisciplinary fields such as biomedical engineering, tissue engineering, um, related types of technology-based fields is that we have the opportunity to, to leverage the expertise within core areas um, to improve the state of not only medical research in the medical field, um, but the health of our citizens, our overall population, the health of the world, the global population. So biotechnology is essentially an interdisciplinary application of a, a number of core science and engineering-based disciplines that come together to solve a problem. And I like that intersectionality of different areas because I usually tell, tell students 
And I have a PhD in mechanical engineering. I have a BS in mathematics. But I tell them I hate chemistry. I hate biology. I hate electrical engineering. I, I hate a lot of mechanical engineering. But it's the intersectionality where our students and our children can find themselves and, and find their interests. So it's amazing that you have found that intersectionality for you to be not only a scientist and a PhD, but an entrepreneur. I have a quick question as a, you know, from an entrepreneur standpoint. What's more difficult, the boardroom or the lab? Oh, that's a tough question because the lab, and, and I'll say this, the boardroom is tough, but the lab has prepared me for the boardroom. <laughs> and, and when I say that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to my training as a researcher going through the doctoral program, um, there was a, a part of the process by which we had to present our findings, share our work to the entire department. And there was a particular professor, I won't, I won't say his name, he'll go nameless, <laughs> but he would grill us. You know, he would, you would be prepared to address questions that you knew you were getting from this professor. Um, and that preparation, you know, it's, it's going back to another old adage, you know, if you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. Um, that was something that taught me a lesson on a personal level, as well as the professional level. And, you know, applying that again to business school, I saw it during the time that we had just had to give presentations on the spot based on case studies, um, or even, you know, talk about financial projections as if they were our own. Um, so the boardroom is tough, but I'm a tough cookie because science prepared me for it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, tell us about your company, Obatala Sciences. What do you do and the name? What does the name mean? What's the significance of the name? Yes. So Obatala Sciences is a biotechnology toolkit company and basically we, we liken ourselves to um, a company that makes the tools for, say, um, hammers, picks, and shovels. So Levi Strauss during the California Gold Rush, I'll teach a little history for some youngsters. And for me. And for me. <laughs> <laughs> Levi Strauss. So the, Levi Strauss was founded during the California Gold Rush. Basically, Levi, so Strauss, Strauss recognized that there were all these gold miners going out digging for gold. And what was the likelihood of striking it rich? Um, we know some of the stories about how, you know, less than 10%, really worse than that, 1% of the gold miners actually sh did strike it rich. But Strauss recognized that every single miner needed to have reliable clothing, the picks, the shovels, the axes, the tools to actually go out and dig for the gold. So Strauss made a living and started a company by providing more reliable clothing for the gold miners. What we're doing at Obatala Sciences is we're making the tools to improve the drug development process. Right now, the drug attrition rate, basically the number of compounds that successfully make it down the pipeline from phase one human clinical trials uh, is one out of 10. Um, that's, that's terrible in terms of you know, actually getting a successful compound that takes between 15 and 25 years to develop successfully and reach the market uh, to get to the patients that actually need them. So what we're doing is we're 
giving earlier indications of how the human body responds to these therapies without the need to test in humans. So we make tissue models of, of either obesity, diabetes, or related metabolic disorders. And the best part about it is that we can mimic tissue from patients of varying demographics. So we're addressing a, a severe lack in representation uh, that is currently there in research. We're promoting diversity in research. And because we're mimicking tissues of the human body, starting with naturally occurring biological materials, so basically we get medical waste and we turn it into stem cells and media to support those cells and mimic tissue, we thought it was fitting to name the company after the African deity, which was known for mimicking or modeling the human body using naturally occurring materials. So correlation goes to the ability to basically form tissues of the human body and then taking it out of the traditional realm of going to Greek gods and goddesses. Let's honor the African uh, tradition. And, and Dr. Frazier, I love the analogy of the, the pig fault in the tooth and Levi Strauss uh, getting rich, selling the gold miners the tools and the clothes that they need and only a very small fraction of the gold miners getting rich because that is why STEM education is so important, right? Because we live in a community, uh, we live in a country where they make sure that every boy touches a football or basketball before the age of four with the hope that one day there'll be one of 250 drafted in the NFL or one of 60 drafted in the NBA and become millionaires when we know it's less than one-tenth of one percent that make it. That's but right. there are 2,700 over 2,700 billionaires in the world, and not one has ever played in the NFL. There's over 15, oh, there's over 14 million millionaires in the world, and a lot of them made their millions and their billions from STEM. So when we started STEM NOLA, STEM NOLA, our whole thing was that whole pig falcon gold mine analogy also. Can we give our kids the tools and the exposure such that they can build the technologies to help other people pursue their dreams? That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. That speaks to me so strongly because that's exactly where we stand. So along those lines, Dr. Frazier, uh, how important is it that communities like ours, communities of color, know the benefits of science and biotechnology? That is also an awesome question. It is so important for us to, you know, invest in our, our youth so that they know that they are aware of not only the opportunities that we have to make an impact, but our history. African-Americans have contributed so much in the way of all four of the disciplines within the STEM terminology that we consider, the science, the technology, the engineering, the mathematics. We have contributed so much to our nation. And the way that we did it was by leveraging the the knowledge, some of our intuitive, uh, you know, skill set, but also, you know, using the resources that were available to us. And so, you know, having that exposure, um, having that opportunity to be inquisitive, to actually step and think outside of the box, that continues to open those doors to where we can push the envelope with 
with respect to the technological advancement that's possible, it is very possible for us to reach a new level of our understanding of our interactions with each other, of our interactions with the earth and contribute to a positive outcome by investing in our youth, having them exposed to these types of things, these opportunities. So it's absolutely crucial. You know, and, and I like to add in the 21st century, I often say our children are going to have one of three options. Either they're going to take something, break something, and or make something. If we don't give them the skills and education and inspiration to make something, like make a living, make a life, make a difference, it's only going to leave them with the two options that we see on the news every night. And that's why exposing our kids and our, especially our communities to STEM and STEM literacy will serve as that foundation for them to pursue education that would give them the tools to make something. So thank you. I understand that's one of the core essence. That's part of the core essence of STEM NOLA. So Dr. Frazier, tell us about uh, your partnership with STEM NOLA and why you see that as a match for your company to work with this community organization. We are so very excited to have this partnership with STEM NOLA, with Dr. Mackey, and with our colleagues at Cellspring. Um, so, you know, just to take it back to our model, uh, Obatala, our model is driving diversity in research and impacting the future of regenerative medicine. But the way that we do that in one of our core values is to actually support and uplift the next generation of scientists, of engineers, of entrepreneurs. And so the best way to do that is to actually show them what's possible, to actually introduce the field to them, to bring them into the laboratory, to show them what it is that we do every day on a daily basis, what it is that we do to help change the world, to impact the world, to impact the field, right? What is biotechnology? What is found on a chip? What are these technologies that we're developing? And so this course is an opportunity for us to do that. We essentially had the students come in three Saturdays. They were exposed to stem cells, which are essentially the, a part of the core of our products and our technology how to use those stem cells to create a model of tissue, of fat tissue and bone tissue, and then how we actually analyze those and evaluate whether or not they were successful in mimicking the tissue. And so I think that has been a phenomenal experience for the students, but it has also been very rewarding for us at Obatala and at Cellspring. So Dr. Mackey, tell us a little bit about um... STEM NOLA, how you came to create and the problems that you think you're solving in the community and across the nation? Well, uh, I, I have two sons of my own. And one day my, my, my third grader came home and he said, uh, Daddy, I don't like science anymore. And I said, boy, that's not possible. We're gonna have, I'm going to have your DNA checked. And he said, no, Daddy, my teacher, uh, my teacher just uh, talked to the board. The teacher doesn't do hands-on like my teacher did last year. So I said, we have to fix that, son. So we went in the garage. I got on Amazon, ordered a whole lot of material, and we began to do these hands-on activities in the garage. After a couple of months, my son came home. He had his report card. I said, son, what are your grades? He said, daddy, I got all A's. I said, now that's what I expected you. He said, daddy, my friends want to know how I know all this. I said, did you tell them you do this in the garage with your dad? He said, yeah, dad, but my friends need this. Right then and there, my son realized he had been exposed to somebody and things that his friends were not. And in his heart of hearts, he believed that if, he, if they would be exposed to those people and those things, 
they'll have all A's like Kim. And Ken, right then and there, I realized I was keeping my time, my talent, and my treasure in my house when maybe we had something to offer the community. So my wife, Tracy, and I put up $100,000 of our own dollars and started this community-based organization to go into the community and do these big hands-on events and give to especially low-income, low-resource communities the opportunities to have these experiences like our sons was having, but also marshal in the human capital like a Dr. Frazier so our little girls can touch, see, and feel her and know that she's a human just like them. So by bringing the human capital and the STEM capital together in places where it usually do not exist, we are actually uh, hopefully uh, changing a generation. We've engaged over 65,000 young people, 17,000 families, and over 1,500 college students. And I'm proud to say that we put over a million dollars in the hands of local college students as interns over the last seven years. So we believe we've created a cradle to career pipeline. And the partnership with Obatala is a very critical part because that's when we, the rubber meets the road and our ninth through 12th graders get to participate in self-actualization. They get to go into a lab and see themselves as a Dr. Frazier. Great, so you mentioned that uh, this particular partnership with Obatala is for ninth through 12th graders. What's the, what's the span of ages that you all work with at STEM NOLA? So what we, what, we, what we are attempting to do at STEM NOLA, not attempting that we have done, is that we have created a cradle to career pipeline. Just like athletes, right? Uh, at two and three years old, they make sure these boys have footballs in their hands. We have a six month of pre-K four program where we teach with a partnership with a group called Training Grounds, where we teach parents how to engage their kids in critical thinking and activities. Then we have these other programs like STEM Saturdays and summer camps where we engage K through eight graders through a, a plethora of different STEM activities, whether it's after school, whether it's Saturdays or even in school programming. And now in this ninth through 12th grade program, what we call it now STEM NOLA Fellows, are for those students that come through the pipeline and they've had all this exposure and this introduction of people, and they say, I want a deeper, uh, a deeper ex experience. So we are marshalling them to corporations and companies and people. Great. So Dr. Frazier, you mentioned earlier this phrase, fat on a chip. Please tell us about that. Yes. <laughs> I always laugh because uh, fat on a chip, if you Google it prior to Obatala Sciences, you would see a picture of some pig fat on top of a potato chip. Uh, <laughs> that's not appealing in any way. <laughs> I know, that's, a, that's a delicacy, though. <laughs> um, so we are a part of what's called the organ on a chip industry. Uh, tissue engineering as the field, it was essentially created to address an organ shortage that we're facing globally. Um, the number of individuals that, for example, need lung transplants versus those that are available, the actual lungs that are available, uh, there's a major difference, a significant difference in the, those two, those two requ numbers, requirements. And so what we're looking at is a way to mimic tissue as a starting point with the goal of us growing to mimicking organs and connecting those organs so that we have a mimic of an organism, a human body. Um, and starting with the major tissues and major organs. And so for us, we are 
within an area by which metabolism and metabolic diseases are our core expertise. And it starts with, as a number of people uh, within our area know, but a number of people don't know, it starts with the fat tissue or the adipose tissue. Uh, Adipose tissue is more than just filler. It's more than just something that you accumulate for a number of obese individuals, which impacts over a fourth of actually over 40% of our population uh, globally, this, this actually is impacting our, um, our health over a number of, in, in a number of ways. And so, you know, just some of those ways are the increased risk for development of cancer, uh, breast cancer, prostate cancer, uh, the increase in the, the uh, propensity to develop diabetes, cardiovascular disease. And so we are basically making a miniature model of obesity by combining stem cells, a matrix, basically a scaffold or an environment for those t- cells to grow in three dimensions and a bunch of supplements, nutrients to feed those cells so that they grow happy and healthy the way they would inside of the the human body. And then we can mimic the disease state so that drug developers can test them in the system, our fat on the chip system. So so Dr. Frazier, essentially you created a company to help pharmaceutical companies bring new drugs to market faster than through conventional means. Now you have a PhD, I have a PhD. Why, why start a company? I mean, why you're not in a lab? Why I'm not at the, at, at, you know, the academy? My, I guess my real question is, why is entrepreneurship so important? Excellent question. Entrepreneurship, it, it provides a road, a, a map, a pathway that essentially is a bridge from the bench to the bedside. And that's sort of a a term that we use that's commonly used, but it truly is a way to get the research that is developed that is so groundbreaking and so phenomenal. Um, It is a a path for that research to actually make it to the market in the way of products, in the way of services that can actually help drug developers in our case, develop better therapies. Um, For example, diseases like uh, rheumatoid arthritis, there's only one compound that's available, actually two, that's available for African-Americans compared to some of the other therapies, 12 or so, that are are available for some of the more predominant Caucasian-based diseases in terms of the the genetic predisposition. Um, But entrepreneurship was that path for me to then take the research that I was working on and translate that to a product. In the absence of that, the research, so much research for so many decades, so really over centuries, just remains within the laboratory. So it's crucial for us to have that pathway to create these these products to help improve our world, essentially. But, and at the same time, own your solution and own your intellectual property and then create wealth from your intellectual property. And you can pass it, pass that wealth on to your children. But more importantly, for people like you and for people like me, with our knowledge and research, we can create these companies and then we can create these companies and train and hire people who look like us, thus diversifying the STEM pipeline. We are owning this, the solution, right? Instead of 
asking other people to hire us, instead of asking other people uh, to train us, uh, we've taken and you've taken the bull by the horn. And I want to say thank you. Thank you. And that's absolutely correct. It's creating opportunities for ourselves, uh, but not only creating the opportunities for ourselves for the next generation, um, because what we do right now and the impact that we leave right now on the world is only as good as what the next generation can see from it and use from it and learn from it. So that's absolutely the, the strongest point. You know, the importance of entrepreneurship extends in so many ways beyond the product. Uh, but for communities of color, it can be a way for us to not only you know, utilize our skill set, not only create generational wealth and support that, um, but also create a way for our communities to see their impact on the world, to make their impact on the world. Great. That's fantastic. And uh, Dr. Mackey, tell us, how do parents, families, and even young people find out about these opportunities at STEM NOLA? Well, first and foremost, you can go to our website, stemnola.com, like S-T-E-M, NOLA, like New Orleans, Louisiana, stemnola.com. And uh, you can engage. Due to COVID, uh, we had to pivot virtually, and now we're engaging families in 47 states and five countries. So parents, wherever you are in the world, you go to stemnola.com and you go and you register for programming, we'll ship a kit to you and engage you and your scholar right where you are in your home. We have virtual uh, summer camps, virtual after-school programs. And we also have a virtual uh, STEM at home on Thursdays where you can go download a card that gives you the material that you need. And every Thursday we introduce a professional, a STEM professional, and we have a college student lead your scholar at home through some activity so they can introduce, uh, introduce your scholar to a STEM professional, but also expose them to different, to different technologies. We're expanding to different communities. We're about to expand to Illinois. We're about to expand to Minneapolis, and we've expanded all the way along uh, the Gulf Coast. We even have STEM Gremlin uh, backed and supported by Magic Johnson and his company, Sodexo Magic. So we've shown that this model not only works in urban areas, but it works in rural areas too. And one other, Ken, if you don't mind, I'd like to say one other thing to the parents. This is not about whether or not you know STEM. This is not, a, this is not about whether or not you like STEM. Many a times parents bring their kids to our events and uh, when the parent get back, they have to drag the kid to the event. But when the parent shows up three hours later to get the kid, they have to drag the kid out. And many a time a father or mother have told me, I had no idea that they were interested in this. And that's why exposure is so important. Uh, I hear parents say all the time, my daughter doesn't like math because I didn't like math. And I say, no, we are attempting to give to your daughter the support and exposure that you did not get. And when we do that, right, our children will respond. I hear parents say, uh, the kid's 16. They say, my kid is 16 and he's not interested in anything. I said, because it's what you didn't do when your kid was six years old. We have to start early exposing our kid and demystifying uh, these uh, areas like science and technology for them and make it a part of their natural DNA. Great. Dr. Frazier, uh, any closing remarks, any final words for our parents and families? I think the one thing that comes to mind um, that I would really want to say in 
and sort of second what Dr. Mackey has pointed out, and that is, you know, the difference between doing something and not doing something or liking something and not liking something is actually having the exposure to it. Uh, sometimes we don't know what we don't like because we just haven't given it a try. And, you know, I would just ask our parents, ask our counselors at schools that can actually inform the students and the parents about STEM NOLA and about these types of programs and about other types of careers, such as tissue engineering, to, you know, have those conversations, um, have those conversations with the students, have those conversations with the teachers, the parents to say, you know, here's an opportunity. Let's give it a try. And if you don't like it, if the student doesn't like it, then we can look at something else. But at least that opportunity is there. It can change their direction. Thank you very much, Dr. Frazier. And thank you for joining us. That's our time for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. You've been listening to a STEM Global Action Podcast. Through our STEM-based programming, we put students on a path towards quality jobs in science, technology, engineering, and math. Visit us at www.stemglobalaction.com. Until next time, let's keep talking STEM.